Hey everyone, my name's Frank, and this is the 14th episode of the podcast, I believe. I am currently driving. I'm on the road driving from Newark Airport um, back to my sister's house. Um, I had to drop someone off, so now I'm just on I-95. Looks like the drive is going to take an hour and 45 minutes. So I figured I might as well try and record an episode because I've been trying all week, but it just really hasn't been working out time wise. And now that I've got some time to myself and can actually think, except for the fact that there's a cock right on my ass right now, which never feels calm. Okay, I just went on to another exit screen. Um, but yeah, so this week there are a couple of things I wanted to talk about, have been thinking about, but before um, I do that, I just kind of wanted to touch base on the last episode because that was like a little over a week now that that was recorded. And I just had me thinking about the kind of work of the podcast and like the effect that it might have. And for me, given how, um, I don't know, kind of spacey I can be where some of the, the ideas that I might have or like things that I want to implement might be harder to integrate and harder to do. It just felt like that idea of compassion that was at the like you know center of the subject last time really stuck and there were a bunch of times over the last 10 days where I was being sort of really hard on myself or you know, my character flaws or character defects or whatever were starting to, like, really come through. And it's not that I was being the hardest on myself or anything, but it was just that I kind of noticed that that idea of compassion came through really quickly um, or a lot sooner than I think it would have had I not recorded the podcast. So I thought that was really cool. And I was sort of hoping that, um, you know, maybe... that effect could have happened to anyone who would have listened to. And for this week, there were a few things that I wanted to talk about, but I guess I'll just start by saying that it's been a really um, sort of chaotic week like thought wise like I've been thinking about just like what I'm trying to do over the next year and what I want to do and how to make plans and trying to sort of like get 
my ideas in a row and it's been really hard because I feel pulled in so many different directions based on all the sort of desires or wants that I have and it's really hard to tell the difference between what's a desire or what's a want and what is what feels like an obligation and you know there are some things that are obligations that I want to do and there are some things that I want to do but I feel obligated to so it's kind of like everything is crisscrossed and uh, mixed up right now and there's just so many options and so many ways that you know things can be handled and so I was trying to think to myself like what is at the core of all of this like if since things are feeling so complicated like let's just try to simplify it and get to the core of what I'm trying to do what I want and that's been really hard and that had me thinking about this um this idea from Carl Rogers from his humanistic uh, model and I think we've talked about Carl Rogers before but just in case he's um, a psychotherapist from I guess like the 40s, 50s, 60s uh, who's kind of like the main figure of the humanistic movement or theory at the heart of which is this idea that you know people naturally tend towards self-actualizing and towards doing what they want. It's just that certain things get in the way, either like societal pressures or obligations or duties or whatever that gets in the way of people just becoming themselves, basically. And so at the heart of therapy isn't diagnosing and treating, but rather facilitating a discussion where the client can uh, become more of themselves and it's a lot more sophisticated and elegant than just that there's a lot more components to it but it is a very simple theoretical model which I really love about it because it can be so easy I mean I love like you know the kinds of different theoretical models and therapy or just theory in general can be very like you know intellectually kind of stimulating to read but uh, what I love about the humanistic model is how simple it is at its core and how grounded and practical and how that opens the space for a level of depth because you're not sort of like in just the in just the sphere of the intellect talking about all these words with jargon and uh, high philosophical or theoretical concepts but instead you're using very practical grounded ideas and then achieving a level of depth with just those so I really like Carl Rogers and the humanistic model but basically he has these two concepts um, around the self they're pretty simple right so one is the real self and one is the ideal self and the real self is who we actually are who we actually want to become who we would become if all of those different things didn't impede our growth or didn't get in the way of our self-actualizing 
and the ideal self is uh, who we try to be. If I understand correctly, if I remember correctly, it's who we try to be uh, to sort of meet all of those external pressures and conditions and ideas of who we have to be. And I guess it's maybe like not ideal to us, or in a way I guess it is like when we say the ideal self, it's ideal because, you know, life seems like it would be so much easier if we could just attain this identity or this self because all of those pressures would go away. But for Rogers, it's never really something you attain, but it's something that's always out of reach. So it's kind of like, you know, fool's game in a way or something like that where you're constantly trying and trying and trying but never actually achieving anything so you're basically just like spinning your wheels in mud and running in place and not really getting anywhere and the more you do it the further from yourself and your real self you get whereas the real self is this idea that at the core of who we are there's a sense um of authenticity, of integrity, of um, being centered in who we are, and that if we just connect to that and attune to that, our self-actualizing kind of happens in this um, kind of like natural or organic way where um, the process of becoming who we are just happens and unfolds day by day. And... I think this came to mind because I feel like there's this um, discrepancy or this break right now between my own real self and my ideal self, and I'm having a hard time distinguishing between what those two are for me. Because some, like I said, some of the what would feel like obligations or what would seem like obligations on the surface, I think beneath that is an actual desire and all the things that I've always desired um, are starting to feel like obligations and I think it's less of an obligation to other people and more of an obligation to maintain the sense of self that I've known for the last like x amount of years or something and you know change and movement is never like fun for the ego or fun for the self, right? There's always a sense of wanting to stay the same. And so I think that there's this tendency in me to be suspicious of a shift in desire and a shift in want. So I'm trying to figure out the difference between the two myself. And for Rogers, um, you know, there's the real self and the ideal self, and everything in between is, you know, neurosis or, you know, where our um, sort of character defects or, you know, the things that we go to therapy, that's where they stem from. And I think he calls it incongruity, or I don't, I never know if I'm saying that word correctly, incongruent, incongruity. Sometimes I say incongruence, I think. Kind of get that mixed up, but... But basically, 
you think about like two shapes laying over each other there's a difference whereas um, I think in his model of healing and recovery the two shapes of the ideal self and the real self would perfectly overlay with no sort of difference and I really like that idea because it, one, it really simplifies everything. I mean, there's no simple answer. So having a simpler model, I think, at least goes in the direction of simplifying the whole process and just getting to the heart of it. But that being said, lining those two shapes up or aligning the real self and the ideal self so that they sort of fold over perfectly. I even wonder if that's possible completely. It's like one of the goals, but I'm not really sure if it's ever truly attained. driving on the New Jersey Turnpike right now past all the marshlands. It's actually kind of pretty. And kind of beautiful in its own way. There's like all these like bigger warehouse looking buildings on either side. And then these like fields of this like tall yellow grass and then all this like marsh. not your classical image of beauty, but I think there's something to it. Anyways, trying to think about what the differences are between our real and ideal self and why they're there. I guess some of the obvious questions are, you know, if we're trying to sync up our ideal self and our real self, if we're trying to sort of make them the same shape, um, I keep saying circle, but if we're trying to do that, then we have to sort of like investigate why the ideal self is what it is and um, how we've gotten there. And I think my ideal self would be um, unhindered and not limited in any way. Like I've been thinking about it, and we talked about this on the healthy shame episode where we talked about healthy senses of limitation and how you know being aware that we can't do everything um, is kind of a relief. But I think my ideal self is attached to this, uh, this idea that, you know, I can make it work. I can do it. Um, I can, like, juggle all these different things and, and make it work in a way that uh, lines up and checks out. But I am starting to think that that ideal self needs to start to actually own its limitations and recognize that this 
big juggle and this big dance is maybe possible, but definitely exhausting and is going to have its effect. That being said, I'm not really sure what the real self is right now. If you had asked me a few months ago, I would have felt really connected to a sense of real self and had a sense of direction and felt like I know, or I knew where the the direction of the self actualizing and unfolding was headed. But now I just feel, you know, really displaced in that way and kind of disconnected and not really sure maybe where things are headed in the same way. And that's okay. That's fine. I mean, obviously it's not permanent and it's not, um, you know, it's only going to drive me as crazy as I let it in a way. And as destabilizing as it is, I don't think it has to have too much of an emotional impact as long as I try to stay a little bit mindful. But it does have me thinking about the real self as um, our anchor, right? And that's like a, a very common concept, right? Like the self as anchor or the core self as home or that's like this very sort of like internal sense of direction that keeps us grounded and keeps us centered and keeps us feeling like um, no matter where we are, no matter what happens, we feel connected to that core, we feel grounded, and we feel at home within ourselves. And hopefully, even if I don't know what that real self is right now, I don't really know what I want, and even though my ideal self feels like it's running a little haywire right now, and is sort of getting in the way of um, me just being myself, or me just going in the direction that I would if any of these external pressures or internal pressures were getting in the way, I think can still connect to something within the real self that feels like that center and feels like uh, that anchor and that home. As long as I focus on it and as long as I continually connect to it, I'm just trying to figure out what that is. And it's something like this podcast that I think helps me do that. It's sort of like just this conversation. You know, it's not even about the answers that I'm trying to get to, but it's the ability to have this conversation with myself and the ability to um, connect to myself, basically. That's all I really need to have that sense of home or that sense of anger. Because, I mean, I can think of times where these kinds of conversations weren't happening at all with myself. 
I was just sort of only doing the sort of bidding of my ideal self and completely unconscious to it and living by, you know, standards and expectations that were from outside of me that had then gotten internalized, you know, all of that. But, you know, it seems chaotic right now, but in the larger context, this is actually an improvement. And that's something to focus on, too. real self as real as it is is of course not that fixed right and the ideal self is not that fixed or not that um, locked into place right they're always changing and I think that's part of the idea, right? If, you know, in Roger's model, we're always self-actualizing and always becoming, then I can't imagine that the real self would be this, like, fixed thing and um, permanent thing either. But there is a sense of stability that I think it has, despite its change um, and despite its kind of state of flux. And at least for me right now, when everything else seems to be up in the air and I'm just sort of holding my breath waiting for things to fall into place and for me to get some clarity on the decisions that I feel like I need to make, this dialogue alone provides that stability it's like all I really need to be is aware that I'm dealing with something and everything after that I mean it's not gravy but it's something like it because as long as I'm aware that there is a self and that I need to connect to it and that I need to engage it for it to be real and to find my stability there, then I don't need to feel too shaken and too destabilized. And I hope that resonates because I, you know, know that even when things feel grounded in life, even when we feel like we're sort of locked into our routines, we're actually just um, in like a lesser degree version of this kind of heightened state right now where everything feels like it's changing. But anyways, I am on the upper level of the George Washington Bridge. So I should probably focus right now, but I hope this resonated and I hope this recording is good. I'm not really sure what it's going to sound like on my
like foam. But anyways, if nothing else, at least it's a first draft. But thanks for listening and have a good week. Thank you.